Hey, you're just starting the Trek Off podcast now, so it's a good time for you to subscribe to a new podcast, too. The Totally Super Podcast is me and my good friend Arthur reviewing every single superhero movie ever made. That's right. It's called Totally Super. It's put out by Geeks Radio. It's like Trek Off, but for superhero movies. Maybe not quite so dirty, but it's still fun. So check out Totally Super. Search for it right now. Whatever you're listening on right now, whatever you found Trek Off on, just use that to find Totally Super and subscribe. Okay, enjoy Trek Off. It's time for Trek Off. Set phasers to love. Welcome to Trek Off. My name is Justin, and today we are going to go into part two of a recording with Alexia and myself. Again, as mentioned in her last episode, uh, her recording apparatus is not entirely set up, so we ended up doing a phone conference because we needed to do a show. It's been so long since we've done a show, so the audio quality is not what you're going to be used to when you listen to the show because it's basically us on the phone. Um, but it's still really fun. It's still worth listening to. Uh, so bear with that and enjoy it because I think that there's an intimacy to the show and an intimacy to, to the call that you're going to really enjoy. It's like it's like having us on the phone with you. It'll be fun. Um, lots of stuff to talk about. So uh, go ahead. Enjoy Trek Off. There's a bunch of Star Trek news, and I just want to run it by you real quick. Um, have you been keeping up with Star Trek news at all? Um, or do I get to surprise you with things? I think... I I don't I guess it depends on what thing. I know Did you hear the talks about the the uh, new shows they were going to put on CBS. Yes, that um, Patrick Stewart is Pat, Patrick Stewart has come straight out and said Picard is back. Picard is absolutely yes, back. That that um, that and and that it's not necessarily going to be what you think it's going to be. Um, yeah. I'm like I I did see his announcement at um I watched his announcement at like um, at the San Diego Comic Con maybe or yeah. one so of those. I think, I think it was the Las Vegas Star Trek convention, but yeah. That was it. Okay. Anyway, it was awesome. And of course, I just, I love that man. And he like got me all, all, all. And so we had, I got to um, say what he said, what he said, I, I, I was, um, I'm scared because I'm not scared. You know what I mean? Like, cause as opposed to how I felt, when it was like, here's going to, you know, they're doing this new Star Trek discovery and it's not going to be what you think. And it's this and this and like, uh, and I was like, I know I had all the, these fears and I'm scared. Cause like, I don't, when I hear the Patrick Stewart is talking about, it's going to be, it's going to be Picard. It's going to be after it's going to be, you know, it's going to make sense. And it's, but it's not necessarily going to be, he's not just going to be who you think he is. And I really feel like he purposely, said that uh because of how the, just the backlash that people had to um to how luke strangely enough after you know however many years of life was not the same dude he was when he was 20 you know what i mean and it was like so don't expect that same guy he's gonna be different and i was like but i don't even care because like in peace do we trust man like i yeah well he's evolved. i think that- artistically as i understand it like he's got executive producer status like he's not just you know an actor who's playing a role that he's been paid to play he's got input and i so trust I had, uh, his input um 
uh, right before your recording situation, or right after your recording situation changed, I got on uh, uh, Pile on 2's Matt Hansen as a guest host, and we talked about um, this happening. And what I said to him in general is, is and I'm, and I'm going to modify it even further, we're going to find out that beloved characters have died because time has passed. We might find out that Crusher is dead. We might find out, you know, some have some will have changed, and we will see them, and they will be changed irrevocably. It's going to hurt us, and you know, they're going to do that, and that's all fine. This is what I want. This is what I need. This is what we need. Is what Picard was. Is he was a moral center. It is worth noting that Picard was created in 1987, in the end of the Reagan years. Ronald Reagan was president when Picard started. We're in the middle of of that era that followed up by George Bush Sr., which was another four years. So for 87, 88, all the way through 92, the show ended in 94, for, um, for most of that time, for, for most of that time, it was in a, a Republican time, and it was, a, it was a, a progressive show within a Republican time that didn't change a ton when it turned to a more liberal time, when the Clinton era started, what the show decided to do was to be a moral center that presented morality. And yes, there was a, a progressive lean to it, but it was it was a way to go, hey, look, there is right and there is wrong, and it transcends your politics, and it transcends what you think is going on in the world. I think what the next gen did, you know, the, the original series was tried to be revolutionary and in, in many ways succeeded. You know, occasionally it was just like, hey, let's do the mob. But, you know, it succeeded in, in many of the things it tried to do. Next gen's Absolutely. goal was a little next gen's goal was a little more subtle in that it was trying to make you look intellectually at hot button talk, topics. Not so much with your heart, but with, with your head. And the key to that was often Picard. Like, like Picard was the one who said, you know what, you just need to go do what's right now. And, and Picard was about empowering his crew to go do what's right, whereas Kirk often was the one who went off and did what was right. Um, we need, and I, this is not a, you know, you can find my political views if you follow me on, on Facebook. This is not a place where I'm espousing any political view when I say this. We are in a, a deeply we are in a deeply divided time about what is right and what is wrong. Yeah, I had and I don't think I don't think anyone would debate that. You know what I mean? On, on, um, no matter what your political leanings are, I, I don't think anyone would disagree with that. I had a discussion like, tonight, a heated true. discussion with a with a loved one who who said things about what they believed was right because of what they fell on the political spectrum. And they made points um, that that I understood why they felt the way they felt, but I deeply disagreed with them. And I said things that appalled them, that offended them. They said, how can you possibly say that? And the things that I said. And I feel like we need that voice. We need that voice of reason. It's, you cannot underestimate how important Picard was for shaping minds. 25 million people watched that show. Like, like it's important to note what Picard was to people and the way that he made them think and the way that he, he changed morality. And I, I'm all I need the show to be, Alexia, all I need the show to be is that 
like if they mess with my characters, I'll deal with it. And if they mess with the the designs of aliens, I'll deal with it. And if they do things I hate, I'll deal with it. As long as Picard gets us, and I understand they may morally compromise him at the beginning, but if by the end of the first season, he is not just espousing what is right for him and his own personal journey, but he is also creating a better world that we can look at allegorically to ours. That's why I want the card back. I don't just want him because I love his beautiful, shiny, bald head. I want him back. No, I know. And I don't, I don't, and I don't just want him back because of, of that either, or even just nostalgia. I, I want, like, I think you're right. I think that um, frequently a, a, a way you could differentiate between TOS and next gen would be that, you know, Picard is seemingly anyway. He's not got the same sort of raw passion that Kirk had. Like, Kirk was a passionate motherfucker. And when he believed some shit, he just believed it and just did what needed doing. And Picard is, it always occurred as a lot more measured and a lot more um, contemplative. And there were times when he thought some shit was wrong morally but he was being told he had to do it anyway and so he was trying to do it the best way he could think of while still like like a perfect example even though this is a overall kind of a bad episode largely because of Wesley um the the one where they're the, they finally have figured out a treaty with Cardassia and oh certain, yeah the 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 traveler one yes and certain people have you know certain planets have become Cardassian. It's called property. Journey's End, something like that. I I, I don't remember yeah. the title, but yeah, probably. Um, and certain other places that had you know, keep Federation people on it, like given over Cardassia and Cardassian people given over to the Federation. Like nobody was happy in the end. Like as per any sort of treaty, usually, <laughs> like some they got a little bit, and we got a little bit. You know, and and it caused the situation to uproot this to these people who had relocated here. And, you know, and I, the thing that I liked about it that I thought was, you know, sort of important about it was that it was in a, an American Indian tribe and they had already like, like, have we not fucked them enough? You know what I mean? Like how often yeah. are we going to fuck over these people? And he kind of says that. And, and it's with this, with that one particular, um, woman that he doesn't really get along with to begin with. And Admiral Nechaeus? Yes. And she wow. has a rare moment so of just. being like, yeah, that's what you're good for, being the lexicon of things. Uh, but she had that this rare moment of being like, I totally agree with you. Like, yes, it's fucked up. You know? But at the end of the day, this we need this peace treaty. And as fucked up as it is, we have to relocate some small amount of people and fuck their life up for the good of the whole. And that's what we have to do. Like, that's what I've been told, you know, what I've come here to tell you, you've got to do. That's the, you know, the, that's the orders from on high. And you can like them or not like them, but that's what you have to do. And, you know, so it's, so he does it, you know what I mean? But it's just, if there's, whereas Kirk would have, you know, thrown the tea in her face and be like, damn you, the, 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 all this and I'm doing my way or whatever, just because he's so passionate about shit. And it's just like, yeah, I think we do. I think we need that. I, I, as much as I love Kirk and his passion and his, and that's still my favorite because that's kind of 
that speaks to me. Like I, I sort of feel very passionately about what's right and what's wrong. And I'm, you know, not really shy about telling you what I think that is. Uh, and, but I do think that in the, in this current time, uh, particularly in our country right now, we need that more measured, that more contemplative, like let's talk. But yeah. instead of everybody devolving to their passion, whatever it may be, for what you truly just in your heart of hearts, you like, I am right about this and you are, you could not be more wrong. That isn't working clearly. You know what I mean? Like we're a country divided in it. And I think that's, I don't think anybody would argue that that's awesome. Yeah. So, I think that, so um, that's what I think we need from Picard. I think you're right. I think we need yeah. that more logical, somewhat detached, but still moralistic still was there ever a time that we need to Picard more I mean this is this is this is why this is how I hope they enticed him back was to say hey listen we want to do something really special not just for the character but for the world like like we discovery was important because it brought Star Trek back into the mainstream on television an important show for that reason important for the franchise but now let's make Star Trek important for the world again. Because I think that's maybe where Star Trek lost its way. And I, you know, I'm, I'm talking off the cuff here. So, so bear with me, you know, D space nine <laughs> is my favorite. Uh, you know, D space yeah. nine is my favorite and it was topical. In fact, it was, it, it's so groundbreaking. If you watch it now, especially the character of Kira, um, a character that really annoyed me first time through, but the Kira Bajoran Cardassian situation, uh, specifically as it pertains to, like, if you look at season seven, her training the Cardassians to be terrorists because that's the only way that you can fight an invading power. Holy shit, that's controversial. Yeah, like, that's like agreed. And to show on Western television in the '90s, it's still pre 9/11, but still, like, to show Western television in the '90s is. It's phenomenally forward thinking to go, hey, let's give, let's, you, you want to take Star Trek dark? Fine. The world, the real world, is a dark place. And through allegory, we're going to show you the darkness and the horrors of war, the compromises that need to be made, um, mm-hmm. and, and show how optimism that- can live through that. Yes. And, um, and also, I think they, you know, took, they painted something that I think Star Trek has always done and did really well with respect to Cure specifically and in D Space Nine that like you think you know what a terrorist is, yeah. right? Like you think you know that they're just like they're bad guys. And it's like, well, maybe you should question that. Like the the idea of Star Trek has always been to question your perspective and recognize that like you have a perspective, but that there is another perspective. And that maybe that perspective isn't as crazy as you would think. And because I never thought about it until later, because I never thought of Kira as like a bad guy, but like she's a fucking terrorist. And And if you think it, if you, if you move forward to Voyager and I think about the episodes of Voyager that I enjoyed, I enjoyed episodes of Voyager that dealt with the hologram rights. Um, Yeah. That chilling, that, that chilling last moment of that one episode where you saw all of the EMHs who were scrubbing the mines, getting the news of this thing or that. Um, I enjoyed, and, and also the, the one where you, know, you had the Herogen, the hunter characters that I didn't like so much, but I loved the episode where the holograms who they were hunting 
decide to turn around and say no more. Um, I love that episode. Uh, the, the episode about workforce and talking about unions and labor and the, like, like where Voyager made even the, the, the episode with Bellana deciding whether or not she wanted to have her daughter not be Klingon or not and, and dealing with oh, that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so, so again, where did Voyager shine? Up? Stuff, and, you know? and I think there's other places where Voyager shined too, but I think Voyager shined when it said, you know what, we need to say something about, and this is important, about and to the world. Because you can't mm-hmm. just say something about the world. You have to say something to the world. You know, you can't just say there is racism and even racism is wrong, but hey, world, look at why. Because that, like, like that's that's where it's yeah, like, and, it's, and it's let's really examine this, right? Let's really examine this from all around, like as opposed to like there's a very and that's what I think it does so well, as opposed to just kind of getting up in your face and being like racism is wrong, you know, or like genetic manipulation is wrong or whatever. It's like understanding that that's not gonna help anything, right? Like yeah. just shouting you're wrong at somebody doesn't accomplish very much but if you can take the time to say okay here's this thing that we all don't really want to talk about because it makes us all uncomfortable let's let's look at all facets of it and let's and let's get to the root of it and let's pick all those things apart and lay it all out and all the moral perspectives and all the the things that you're weighing and then you know sort of show you a path well, and, and but it's maybe like a discovery for you as opposed to like beating you over the head with it. Do you know what I mean? And Star Trek Discovery was a rip roaring, interesting adventure through the Star Trek universe. And there are a couple of moments, but in general, it's not saying a lot to the world. It's just like, here, have some fun star. It's saying about as much to the world as Star Trek First Contact is. You know, they throw it a little lip service, but it's a it's a rip roaring Star Trek adventure, which are good too. I like those two. Next Gen had plenty of those. You know, I don't think that the I, I don't think that the board episodes think that there's were no saying, place for that. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but and you needed that, right? I it's the same reason why I think you needed Star Trek 2009. It's one of the reasons I think that uh, that you know Star Trek Beyond. The more I watch it, the more I like it. Like I, it's easily it's now easily my favorite of three. Not just probably, it's easily my favorite of the three. It has more to say. Um, it's, it's, it's much more inspired than the first two Star Treks, um, in the Calvin Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, every time I watch it, there's something more that I like about it. And it's a rip-roaring space adventure. Um, but it's also about the importance of, of letting go and, and, um, you know, of sort of accepting you like in ways that the first two did not want to say anything. Um, yeah. So I think, I think that, that, now that you've had the rip roaring adventure, if you have a Picard show, let it speak to the world, and the world needs to hear what Star Trek has to say. And I think that's a great way to do it. And and frankly, you've already like given your budget to Pat Stu. I'm sure, you know, let's you know it can be a little lower budget. You don't need the giant rip roaring adventure now. Like it's you know it's it's wonderful that the Orville is doing what it's doing, but let's get the real thing now. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Hey, speaking of the Kelvinverse, uh, jumping from one to the other, did you hear about what happened there? I saw something on YouTube, and I refused to watch it because I thought it would make me upset. That said so something he- like, like 
why Chris Pine and so and so have left Star have, have abandoned Star yeah. Trek four and I'm Chris, like, wait, Chris what? Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth is George Kirk and Chris Pine is Captain Kirk. We're both in negotiations for Star Trek four. And Star Trek four was essentially going to end the Kelvin verse as it looked like and we talked about this as an idea and it looks like this is what they were going to do. They were going to go back and undo the events of Star Trek two thousand nine as an ending um, like where you where he gets to work the Calvin with, universe, basically. he gets to, he gets to work with his father and correct what happened, so that you now have you know you can say that it was a pocket universe. It looks like that was probably mm-hmm. what they were going to do. I love that. It's what I always wanted them to do. To go, hey, this happened. It mattered, but it was a complete pocket universe, and it's wrapped up now. It's one story. It's one four part story that you can tell. And I would have loved to see it, but contract negotiations stalled out because they, um, one, Chris Hemsworth was like, well, dude, like I'm Thor and I'm Mm -hmm. Thor and I'm doing this other, he's doing another, um, major franchise right now. I forget what it is. Um, and Chris Pine's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting that Wonder Woman movie, right? Like money right now. And I'm getting cast in all sorts of interesting stuff. So, you know, I don't necessarily need to come back for Kirk. Um, and my contract says that you're going to pay me this amount. And they're like, well, Star Trek Beyond made significantly less. So we're cutting the budget. And part of that cutting the budget is we're cutting everybody's salaries a little bit. And everyone else is like, sure, yeah, whatever. Yeah, we'll go along with it. But Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth were like, you know what? No, we're, we're not. Because you said this is what we were going to make if we made a fourth one. And now you're saying bring us back to do a fourth one and you're not going to make it? No, thank you. Um, and so right now, Star Trek Four is not happening. That so. makes me very sad, and it and it makes me have opinions about those two that I'm not happy to have. All right. Well, I, here's the thing. Because it's not I like Zoe Saldana have... isn't making good money too. Like it's not like she doesn't have fucking Guardians of the Galaxy. And... Well, she doesn't have Guardians of the Galaxy anymore. You heard about what happened there, right? Oh, God, no. Now what? All right. For, I'll finish with Star Trek, then we'll jump onto Guardians, and I think we can end with that. Um, so. So, in this case, it's worth noting, it's not Pine and Hemsworth who are going down and sitting in the offices, right? Like, yeah, we it's understand their so managers. They're it's, their, it's, it's their managers who are going in. Their managers are paid on commission, which they have every right to be. You know, the, yeah, their, managers, their, their, their managers exist to give them the best wage. They signed a contract saying, especially for Chris Pine, he signed a contract saying, okay, if you, for every one you make, this is what you're going to make for each one. The first one's you know, if you know, it's not like Paramount turned around. You know, in the first one, he wasn't a star, and it made a ton of money with his face on the front as Captain Kirk. And it's not like they turned around and said, "Hey, first one made a billion dollars. Here's you know an extra hundred million for you because it did so well." No, they paid Agreed. him. They paid him, and they paid him what they paid him, and said, "Hey, you should be happy with what you got. This is what we agreed to." But now we get to the fourth one, and he's going, "Well, I want what we agreed to." And they're like, yeah. well, we got to cut the budget. So, so I get why he'd be like, well, hold on. When the first one made extra money, you didn't pay me more. So why would I take why less? Why would you pay less? Yeah. Why would you pay yeah. less when it didn't make as much? Like that's, that's, yeah, just, that's, it, like, well, that's just equalizing out, my friend. Like, I see yeah, it, you have one less. You know, and, and essentially, and also when you're pulling in, you know, Chris Hemsworth, you, so much of the budget is going to go to paying Chris Hemsworth as a major character. That's going to be a ton of money. And I'm sure Chris Pine's like, look, 
Chris Hemsworth is a great guy. I'd love to work with him. And it's great that you want to wrap up the universe, but you're going to cut my, you're going to cut the budget for me and you're going to pull in another major star right now to, to, to stand aside me. And you're going to pull budget to him, but you're not going to give me my money. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, no. If you want to make a movie, you pay me what you said you're going to pay me and you do a different movie that doesn't have this guy. If this guy is going to make the movie so expensive that you can't pay me what I'm worth. So, or just what you brought, what you, what we'd agreed to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I get, I get him, I get him saying that and I get, I get him. Chris Hemsworth, again, I'm not mad at him because what does he care? Maybe he's not a giant Star Trek fan. Like he's like, yeah, I'll take the job. It sounds like a good no, job. No, but I I'd want to him it. to be, you know, like yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, I want him to like just love it and want to do it because he loves it. You know, <laughs> like, and, that's and, what I want. <laughs> and, and granted, they have not been super wise. With it. Their, their wisest choice was actually casting Benedict Cumberbatch and letting him be Benedict Cumberbatch. Like that was wise. Casting Idris Elba and then putting him under a ton of purple makeup. Like, why would you do this? Like you, you, that that character did not need to be played by Idris Elba. Like you could have gotten anybody under that makeup. It's not like they put him on the on the cover, right? They I mean, they, could, they they paid that guy a bunch of dough, and it's not like they were able to put him on the cover and go starring Idris Elba. Like no one knew that you you could watch the whole film and not know that that was Idris Elba. <laughs> so yeah, so, but like. Like that being said, like the guy, let's not pretend like you can just slap that makeup on anybody and get the same performance though. Yeah. You know, I, Idris Elba is a very good actor. I don't think his performance in that film is an Idris Elba level performance. Like when I, everything I've I've seen him in, he he was not bringing the, until the very end, like, and it's because the script just had him be a mustache twirling villain with no, in Star Trek Beyond, with, with not a whole lot of heart until the very end. Yeah, in the, the end, movie. yeah, he fucking the nailed end. that shit, though. And it's awesome. So, yeah, but there are a bunch of guys who could have done that. Um, you know, I, it, my, I guess what I'm saying is, if you're going to hire Idris Elba, put Idris Elba on the screen. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> let me see Idris Elba. That's why you hired him. Because we all like watching him. You know, if you're going to put him under a, a ton of makeup, well, then get, you know, a very, very talented unknown actor to do that. You know, you can do anyway. Point being, um, uh, right now, uh, it looked like it was over, but evidently negotiations. Having Kevin Smith uh, on one of his podcasts came out and said, look, there are ways to solve this. You know, give them a bigger part of the back end and, and do that. You know, which is the getting part of the back end is where you take a pay cut up front, but they get more on the back end. You know, and the, and the only way that they're going to get a ton of money is if the movie does does get into profit. But you know, at the very least, you're giving up some of your profit. But if you think the movie's going to do really well, then then go for it. Um, make a smaller movie. Do what you need to do. Um, I hope that they get that worked out. Okay, last thing. Um, wow. So you have no idea what's going on with Guardians. If I say, Hey, did you hear about Guardians of the Galaxy? And what's going on with it? You don't know. No. Wow. All right. So, um, so uh, it's worth noting that uh, Alexia's uh, main source of entertainment news is me. Uh, you, you, <laughs> you, am I wrong? Are you? Are you frequent? No. Sports? You don't read. You don't read. The, you don't read the news all that much. You, you, um, you like to ingest more positive things, and good for you. 
Um, um, <laughs> it's why I love doing the show with you because I get to tell you things that upset you. So remember how Roseanne was fired? <laughs> <That's a dick. laughs> remember, remember how Roseanne was fired? Uh, yes, uh, rightfully yeah. so, I thought. Yeah. All right, so right after she was fired, um, the alt-right uh, started posting old jokes that uh, James Gunn, the director of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, uh, posted back when he was working for Troma. Now, if you watch movies like Slither and you watch his movies that he made when he was in Troma, um, which was years ago, they were in horrible taste. And he posted a bunch of like jokes about how fun it is to fuck kids. Um, uh, way back when uh, he was essentially, you know, we have friends like this. I'm not going to see who these friends are. You and I both know who I'm talking about, who will say the most extreme things as if life is a game of, of, um, of cards against humanity. And clearly that's what it is. He clearly doesn't actually want to do these things. He was clearly putting up to go to be absolutely crass, you know, Sarah Silverman style. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's and or just, yeah. What, like it's, have you seen on, um, there's a show I think you would love actually. Uh, makes me think of you every time I watch it on Netflix called Paradise PD. And that mm-hmm. show is very much like that. Like they, nothing is sacred, man. Like, it's like South Park, right? It's like it's like it's like no, South Park. No, it's even worse than South Park. Seriously, okay. like right. some of the things I'm like, oh my, oh oh my god, I can't believe they just said that. Like, holy yeah. shit. Um, well, so, but again, so, I'm not mad at the people who made it, right? Because I know that's why they did it, right? Like it was yeah, to well, get it, that, it, oh my god, reaction, right? But in not this because case it was him. They believe in kid fucking. Right. I read his tweets. They're pretty despicable. They're pretty awful. They're like pretty like they're they're It was a bad call to tweet these things. Um, he in a 2016 or 17 interview before this was even a controversy said, <coughs> said, you know, I'm not that guy. I use like because he was asked about it. He goes, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm not that guy. You know, it's interesting the things that you learn as life goes on and you meet people and you have opportunities and and life changes you and and changes you if you if i i would hope to god i'm not the same guy in 10 years that i am now because life changes you and i'm a different person than i was at that point um because of the wonderful people i've had in my life and mistakes that i've made you know i've grown and changed and this is where so disney um who owns abc who's being called out by conservatives um, and especially the alt-right for being hypocritical in firing Roseanne for a tweet that she made, even though she had made it just, you know, days before. Um, and, yeah, and that, I thought that mattered, him, my friend. Disney, like, Disney, Disney out and out fired him from making the Guardians movie. Uh, man, evidently that fucking Marvel, blows. Evidently Marvel uh, made an appeal to Disney and said, come on. And Disney was like, no, you know what? We're Disney. You, you, we're not going to have, you know, I'm, we're not going to have protests when the movie's coming out from our conservative viewership saying, saying Disney, the home of children's entertainment is playing host to people who jokes about fucking kids. You know, so from a, Man, like, here's the thing. So unfair. So, so what happened next is that an open petition was was created and signed by every single member of the article of the Guardians cast saying bring back James Gunn. Then Dave Batista, who plays Drax, came out and said, you know, I don't know if I want to make this movie if it's not going to be done 
uh, by James Gunn. And the script was still going to be the script that was written by James Gunn. And they're all saying, well, that's the script we signed on to. And if it's not going to be that script, we don't not know if we want to do it. And then suddenly Marvel announced that, uh, that because production has not yet started, um, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is on hold indefinitely. And now they're doing extensive reshoots of uh, Avengers Infinity War Part 2 um, that involve the Guardians still. And so they can actually wrap up whatever they need to in those reshoots contractually. So it's conceivable that this is the end of the Guardian story. That fucking blows, man. Yeah. That's so fucking, like, I just, that this is what we've come to, man. It's, it's very upsetting. Like, I can't, yeah. like, because if someone's going to make a fucking obvious, like, fucked up, just going to say an obviously fucked up thing. Like, that they knew it was fucked up when they said it. That it ten years was ago. fucked up. Ten years ago. It's not like I you remember, did it this week, you know? Right, like and I remember trauma movies, okay? Like, I remember the whole, sh- there's a shtick there. Do you know what yeah, I mean? And, and this is a guy who's working in an environment where it is encouraged to be wild, to be as wild as you can. And so every day he's going to work where he's encouraged to be as wild as he can. And as he gets out of that environment and into a an environment that says, Hey, you know what? Maybe some of the things you say and do are going to affect and bother people. He, he learns and he changes and he grows and he doesn't do that anymore. And he hasn't done that at all for 10 years. It's not what he does anymore. And I will tell you this, I'll tell you a a brief story. I use, I don't know if you ever listened to comedian Jim Norton. He used to be on, um, on Opie and Anthony. Um, he has a very dark, very aggressive sort of sense of humor. Um, and right when I was coming out of, um, uh, I guess this is probably, gosh, even like 2003 or something. Um, uh, right when like I was coming out of college, I was getting the theater and I was really down at how things were going, blah, blah, blah. And I felt like I met some of these really like confident theater actors and they were, you know, they, they, like, I was still kind of not knowing how to fit in and not knowing how to do what I was doing. I, I didn't know my place. And in the midst of this, I started listening to Open Anthony. I listened to a bunch of Jim Norton comedy shows. And at one point, I went to a rehearsal and someone you know, was kind of bullying me, making fun of me, which has always happened to me because I'm, you know, I, I was pretty awkward and I didn't know how to like be in my own, even though I was in my twenties, mid twenties at this point, like almost late twenties at this point. Um, somebody said something and I said, well, Hey, guess what? Die of cancer. Like right to their face. And wow. they looked shocked, but the people around me, just as extreme, were like, Oh damn. And kind of laughed. And I would get laughs doing that because I would be, I, I would be like, you know, you know, why don't you eat the AIDS bullet? You know, like, like I would, anything I could come up with is the worst thing to say. And I would, I would come up, I would say it and, and I would, you know, you know, like, and I was just ripping off what Jim Norton did and all his, and all his things. And it worked. I shut down people who were rude to me. People didn't say, you know, rude things to me because they knew I was just going to lash back with like the worst thing in the world. And people who appreciated that kind of humor became friends with me because they're like, well, Dan, you can go there, man. You know, and I did that for a while. And eventually I tired. Of it. Eventually I was like, <laughs> it started to get, it started to get to me to say, you know, uh, now that I think about it, that, that's not great. And as I started working more in healthcare, I was like, ah, that's not so great. And there was a point where, where making vampires, one of the actors um that i was working with you know teased me a little bit and i said i said well you know what why don't why don't you go home and die in a fire 
and mm. they we almost came to blows. That sounds like I, you. <laughs> yeah, well, that doesn't sound like me now, though, right? That was like sure, like, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. But it does sound like me then. If you've been listening to early episodes of Trek Off, where I was, you know, certainly like we can still go extreme. Even watch the film that was was shot, you know, five years ago almost now. Like it's we were like I was much more interested in going there at the time. I've become less interested in that now. Um, and and people grow and change and evolve. And I let the Jim Norton thing go because I realized I didn't need it anymore. It was a crutch that I discovered because he seemed so immune to teasing because he could just lash back with the worst thing in the world. God forbid I be judged today because for a while I was, I I used this crutch that I discovered from a comedian that allowed me to feel strong when I wasn't, that I have now outgrown and realized was inappropriate. Like, yeah. Or even honestly understanding what's appropriate and where, like, just cause like I've, thought about like i've talked you know about you know how um like because i i usually kids respond pretty well to me i know that's a shocker um because i don't talk the way i talk on the show and i talk to kids i don't talk to them like most people talk to kids either like i don't you know do baby talk or any of that shit but like i like generally like whenever we would go over like a good example is when we go over to my you know my husband's you know family's like when we go over for, you know, obviously my, um, my niece and nephew are pretty much grown at this point, but it was like, he would go hang out with like his family, his mom and, you know, his sister and stuff like that. And, and like, I would be the one playing with the kids because they, they were like, and like, they, they didn't even care. They were like, Oh, it's uncle D where's on Alexia. Like, <laughs> it was like, that's what they wanted to know. Right. Cause it was like, I'm a toy or something. Right. Um, and it was fun. And I love that. And I enjoy playing with kids. And, and I would love to work with kids, but like, if I'm judged on this, on what we do or any of the other crass things I've said or done on like Facebook or whatever, like, that's not, that's not just like exclusively who I am. You know yeah, what I there's mean? There's a different, like, there's a different milieu. There's a different, totally different milieu there. And I think that that's like, that's exactly right. That like, like one, you can read the tweets and see what he was going for. He was trying to shock. Yeah. Two, he has come out before he was ever in trouble for doing them and said, yeah, I've grown and changed. And I realized that that's not really a great way to be. He had already said that before this was even a deal. Yeah. So it wasn't like it was in response to this, like, Oh, well that was before. It's not like to try to explain it away. He has, he has everybody around him, the cast and crew around him saying that he's a wonderful, wonderful guy. And, and, you know, we need to be able to, you know, to grow and change and to make mistakes. And it's it's not like he committed a crime. It's not like he hurt someone. He said something bad a decade ago on Twitter and now an entire, mo- like a billion dollar movie franchise has fallen apart over mm-hmm. something that well, was I mean, 10 years old, you know, and, and, and I you and don't even, and that like, I know we've said like uh, with, I know this argument has been brought up from, you know, the other side as well. Like, well, things were different then. Like, I remember like a, a, a really good example, um, like growing up as kids, like, I don't know how many people grew up or, you know, in the, in the eighties, but when you grew up in the eighties, calling someone you know, a retard was a thing, right? Yeah. And it was a thing that you was like, don't be such a retard. It was just a thing we said. And I don't it wasn't think good I that ever, we said it. It wasn't, like, but I don't think I ever understood, even at that time, 
what I was saying, like what it really meant. Like I didn't understand the gravity of it. You know what I mean? Well, look at look at like, look at Bill and Ted, right? Bill and Ted hug each other and they step back and they go fag. You know, right? Like, yeah, fag was another one that was a big one in the eighties. Like that's don't that's that's, that's, fag. that's you know that's, like that's uncomfortable now to watch. I don't know how the homosexual community feels about that or how it made them feel at the time. Um, it certainly is a point in the film that when it comes up and I'm sitting with my kids, I just cough real loud. <laughs> what they say? Oh, nothing. Let's just keep watching. Nothing. Let's um, just keep watching. Little, little um, self-editing. So, like, yeah, yeah but, like, so, you, you, but that was then and like this is now and like just like when we've come to a, and I think that really does matter. Like when we have have come to realize that things that we said and this is just about things that we said, like not some shit that you've done, because this does not translate when you have sexually assaulted a person or whatever. Like that is yeah. a whole other fucking level. But like if you said some fucked up shit because of the time that you grew in, up in or whatever. And, and at the time, and when didn't Twitter know was, was in its infancy, let's, let's be clear. And when Twitter was new and people were just kind of figuring out how to use it. Sure. And you know, like now and, you understand things differently. And we're talking, it's a decade later. And, you know, there's a very big difference between having said something that, um, like, sort of unconsciously horrible, you know, in a different, that long ago, versus if you said it today. Because if you say it today, it's like you mean that shit. Like, if you're, like a racist today like it's like there are things that i watch there are older movies that i've watched and they'll say things and they'll refer to you know and it's always uncomfortable for me like it's so difficult like watching Django and shane which is a more recent movie but like every time like that scene that like leonardo dicaprio does i'm always like god that's be so hard to have done as an actor you know what yeah. i mean like to to actually inhabit that skin and have those words like come out of your mouth and not um not trip over it because it's like it's awful what i'm saying you know what i mean like but that's the difference between someone who grew up way back in a time when like this is what you just said and they're just dropping a word and they don't recognize they don't grasp at that time it didn't mean what it meant or what have you and it's like now you know better now we should all know better like this isn't something that's just developed. This isn't a new thing. Like it's not at all the same thing as Roseanne Barr making a fucking racist statement. It's just not. It's not well, and, the same and, thing and, as her making a racist statement today. Like it's just yeah, not. And here's the thing, right? If if they canceled her show because there was, <laughs> and and you know, I see where where the right could inc- could accuse the left of manufactured outrage. There are, I think it's true that that exists. Um, and do I even know for sure that she should have lost her show over the thing that she said? Um, do I think that maybe she should have been reprimanded? You know, maybe. But there was like the only reason that there was public outcry over what Sean Gunn said was because they were like, well, we get it to Roseanne. Will you do it to this guy? That's all it was. Only nobody was reading those tweets and going, he said that, that's it, let's get him. It was, they were the Mm -hmm. first tweets that were discovered after the Roseanne thing and it was just retribution, let's take this guy out as a a point of juxtaposition. 
um, even if the even if the the comparatives are relatively irrelevant. Um, so yeah, um, which is the wrong fucking reason. Like, because I would I be on board if there was something that this guy tweeted to you know like today or five days ago or even a month yeah. ago that was like like really fucked up. I would be like, wow, yeah, fuck that guy. Like, yeah, let's get rid of him. Like, he shouldn't. Like, I would agree. You know what I mean? Like, that's reason. That's a reasonable position to have. I'm I'm so tired of this this sort of back and forth though. Just, well, uh, I, just get that that we're not gonna, I get bummed you know, that, that we're not going to see more Guardians because Guardians is such a joyful experience. I want more it of is. Groot. I want more of all that stuff. And I will say something else. I will say that you know I largely like. I was trying to think if there's anybody else who could do Guardians. Like, can, who could do Guardians after the job that James Gunn did? And the only person I would be okay with doing it is uh, Taika Waititi, who did Thor Ragnarok. Like, I could see that guy doing Guardians. And if they wanted to make more Guardians, maybe you could get him to do a version of Guardians that was, you know, some of the actors aren't going to be on board, but you could just say five years past, right? And it's a, a semi-different team. I believe in his ability to pull it off because Thor Ragnarok was just so phenomenally great and sort of has the same visual style as Guardians, the same irreverent humor. So, you know, it's worth noting. No, there's right? a very, but there's just a very specific tone and 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 recipe for a Guardians movie that this guy has. Sure, he's got it down no, I, perfectly. I, it just I doesn't. Agree, but it's just such a shame that we're all going to be. I mean, and I guess really we're whining though about entertainment loss, which is such a first world problem. Um, oh sure, like, yeah, yeah. I literally wrote and recorded and produced a rap song today about somebody in a blue car who parked in front of my driveway. <laughs> really funny to do, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> um, uh, so, so I would listen to that. <laughs> you, I will, I will. I will. I will. As soon as we hang up, I will send it to you. Um, <laughs> like I, I'm sad that we're not getting more. Um, I think that Taika Waititi could could take the formula and and do it as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that. It's it's clear what the formula is. You just need an inspired director to do it, and I feel like you know, you know, I feel like Taika Waititi is that kind of inspired director. Um, he seems like, and as worth noting, right? Like Joss Whedon did Avengers and Avengers: Age of Ultron. You go, who could who could follow them up? But then the Russo brothers did uh, did um, Winter Soldier and Civil War, and then took over Avengers. So, you know, I am, I think they're, Tiger Wachini could do it. I also think, you know, James Gunn's going to land on his feet. I'll bet DC, hey, here you're rebooting your universe. Might I suggest someone? Um, <laughs> or, or, hey, Lucasfilm, solo tank to the box office. Might I suggest someone? <laughs> you know, like, like, let's get this guy to revolutionize Star Wars and make Star Wars, you know, you know weird and, and wacky again in a way that we'll all love. Like, like, sure. Like they, I, I have a feeling that gentleman's going to land on his feet. I think that James I really Gunn hope so. I think it's so, it's probably going to be so, fine. I think it's so petty. Like, and I just, I'm so, it's all fear based. It's, it's, it's all, for, all like, of it. here's the thing. I totally understand why Disney did it. I do. Cause it's, it's, it's not like Disney is Warner brothers, right? Disney is a Disney. It is first and foremost, the kid thing, right? Disney, the Disney yeah. brand's supposed to be like it's the kid thing. 
he could have said almost anything else, but if it's kid touching and you get people up in arms about it, even in a joke in the environment right now, <coughs> Disney was put in a position where they were like, damned if we do, damned if we don't, right? Like, it's, you, no matter what we do, like, we're yeah. going to, you know, we're going to, we're going to be hit by this. And, and so, you know, I'm sure they didn't think the, they would get the uproar they got. They could have just let him go and maybe expected someone else would jump in and they'd be fine. And that's not what happened. And good, you know, good on you world for pushing back against it. Um, but it is what it is. So that's, that's the guardian stories. We haven't even touched the tip of the iceberg. There's, we haven't talked star Wars. There's so much for you and I to talk about. Um, I am so glad to have your voice back, even if it is distorted <laughs> and through a phone and sounds like we're talking in tin cans. I mean, does it really like, I almost want to experiment and see what that would really sound like, because I doubt that's true. <laughs> um, I am, um, I'm hoping that, uh, that, that in the very near future, um, we're going to be able to get back to full quality. I know that, uh, Mr. A is working with you on, um, getting your, uh, your new setup worked out. Um, so we were, I mean, we were like, we were like a hair's breadth from getting it working tonight. So I'm certain very that by, yeah, that we're, we're going to be back up to our regular speed, but, um, Hey everyone, LXC is not dead. <laughs> I'm not. Thing. I'm not dead. That's the good news. I'm. Congratulations I'm on not still being alive. Um, <laughs> I'm still alive and kicking, and I still um, and I miss all of you and all of you all very much. Well, that's, we don't gotta miss you anymore because you're back. Guess who's back? That's right. Back Guess again. That's right. Back is again. back. She sounds like she's in a tin can. But she's alive and giggly, and it's fine. <laughs> alive and jiggly? Yes, alive and giggly. I thought you said jiggly. Oh, that too. Obviously. I was imagining... I'm alive and jiggly and giggly. Giggly, jiggly, alive? I was imagining the just you running back to the podcast studio like like the Baywatch run, just bosoms heaving. <laughs> Baywatch run. Oh, man. Man, that's it, man. This is a long fucking Baywatch ride. There are people who don't even know what that means. Are you kidding me? They released really the Baywatch movie last summer. Yeah, like, but did they do the Baywatch ride? I'm certain that they did. I, I haven't seen it. I hear it's terrible. I hear <laughs> I it's not funny at all. I heard it was not funny and not good. I heard that as well. So I had to um, even watch it. Do you know what I would love? <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny to watch the Baywatch run? But with that uh, that gag from Monty Python and the Holy Grail with Lancelot just running toward the camera, just the same shot over and over again. <laughs> oh, my so, God. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so fucking amazing. <laughs> oh, oh, you know what? You know, that makes me think, this is going to be such a weird segue because it's going to be like, wait, why does that make you think of Robert Beltram? As let me tell you why. <laughs> Now you're thinking about him doing the Baywatch run, aren't you? Oh. Tell, tell me, tell me, what, what, what did Chipotle have to say this time? <laughs> I, well, I actually, it was funny. I was on, um, I was on Voodoo, and um, they have, like, free with ads. And their free with ads like, tend to be, like, you find some cool gems in there. And the ads are, like, super non-obtrusive. Um, and 
and like I, they don't bother me at all. And it's like, hey, you get to watch this for free, and you only have to watch a few ads really to watch it. And there was a movie in there, and I was like, I know that movie. That's the movie with the with with there's no people, only the clothes left on the street. And that's what I always knew that movie as, but it has a name, and I, that I now know to be the Night of the Comet. And it is currently oh, yeah. free. It is currently free with ads on Voodoo. So if you haven't seen it, I fucking highly recommend it. But that's the and, first and, thing and, I ever saw him in, and that okay. was when I I liked him. I remember liking him because I loved that movie. I never I'd never seen the whole thing either. I got to see it from the beginning. It was amazing. Um, and it was just, it's like a cheesy 80s thing, which obviously so is the Baywatch run. But like, I, I got to see him and then I, and Mr. A had never seen it. And I was like, babe, 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 look, 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 we have to watch this thing. And I tried to like, I obfuscate his vision so he wouldn't see who was in it. Thankfully, he didn't recognize his name. So it didn't even phase him. He had no idea. And it wasn't until he shows up and he's like, wait a minute, is that? I was like, yup. And he was like, holy fucking shit. I was like, I know, right? I was like, this is why I liked him. I had even kind of had a little crush on him because he's like hot in that movie. But like, then it's like, so I know he's a good actor because he's good in that film. I know it's a cheesy film. The thing he's good in that film is not necessarily a high mark, but he's a lot better in that than he is in fucking Voyager. Because Voyager, they give something to do. So that's that's everything goes back to Star Trek. And that is my proof positive right there. (laughs) The Night of the Comet equals Star Trek. (laughs) You should watch it. (laughs) They watch run. The Baywatch run. And then you should have thoughts of him doing the Baywatch run. (laughs) (laughs) Just on a loop. Just on a loop. My name is not Justin. It turns out. What? <laughs> needs to be. He needs to be with Hoffa with the Hoff. They need to do it together. Well, what was I just watching? I was just watching. Um, oh, what the hell was it? Oh, I saw a clip from Ted Two, where uh, where which I I never saw Ted Two. I think it was Ted Two, where uh, Ted is uh, shows up with a Knight Rider reunion with Kit next, to, Kit next to David Hasselhoff and ah! starts making, making fun of David Hasselhoff for that uh, YouTube video where he was drunk uh, trying to eat a burger and yelling at his daughter. Remember that old thing? Um, no, I do not. It just, it, oh, it's disgusting. It's like he was clearly drunk. He's being abusive to his daughter and he's trying to eat a burger while he's like sloshing around on the floor. It's, it's oh, awful. Wow. That was his career. So Ted, in the middle of this reunion, comes up to him and is and is like, "So, uh, tell tell me about this. Uh, how, how long did it take you to eat that burger?" <laughs> and and David Hasselhoff's being nice. He's like, he's like, it's it was a long time ago. I don't really want to talk about it. Okay, but like, how drunk were you? And, and he's like, he's like, he's like, really? I think I'd rather talk about other things. This is kind of inappropriate. You know, I don't like you bringing my bringing my past. Okay, okay. So was the burger any good? And at this point, Kit starts talking and, go, and goes, and goes, this man was there for me when the show was over and I couldn't get work. As cars changed, he was there for me in a way nobody else ever was. You don't say anything bad about David. And so Kit, Kit like drives off the stage and starts trying to run <laughs> over to That's awesome. <laughs> it made me really happy. It made me all sorts of happy. Yes. 
I love it. <laughs> it was great. And All right. So really, my name is Justin. Oh, is it? And, well, okay. It, and my name is, wait, how does it go? And my name is Alexia. <laughs> you remember, dude? I'm so glad that you're back. Oh, my gosh. Okay, check off. <laughs> check off with Hey, you know what makes us different than all those other podcasts you listen to? We have a movie. There's a movie of this podcast on Amazon Prime right now. Just go right now on Amazon Prime and go look. Check it out. Just search for it. There you go. There it is. Trek off. One word. Just search for Trek off on Amazon Prime or Amazon Instant Video if you want to rent it. If you don't have Amazon Prime as a subscription or if you want to buy the DVD, it's there on Amazon. But seriously, this podcast, you got all the way to the end. Now go watch us and give us reviews and tell the world, man, a podcast got me made into a movie, man. How cool is that? Go look it up and share it. Love you guys.